welcome to WPCast, the professional WordPress podcast for WordPress entrepreneurs. I'm Doug. And I'm David. This is episode 15, Pricing WordPress Products. Let's move on to the change log. What's been going on, Doug? So the big news for me is that I hired an apprentice. I'd mentioned that I put this position out uh, a few episodes ago. And I'm really excited that the guy that I hired, his name's uh, Daniel Morrison. And he's a podcast listener, and he found Sweet. out about the position from the podcast. So, awesome. <laughs> nice. That, that's, that's great news. Did he already get started? Yeah. So, uh, as of the time that this podcast is being recorded, we've uh, worked together for a couple of days so far. So, it's pretty early on. Nice. But, uh, I'm very uh, optimistic and positive. Yeah. <laughs> he's very highly qualified. So, very happy. Definitely keep us updated. That goes for you. Yeah. We also just wanted to mention we got uh, two more five-star reviews. Uh, so thank you to Yam Blaza and Viv DJ. You're probably butchering the I'm, names. Yeah, I don't know if I'm pronouncing these. These are the like, the two hardest uh, usernames to pronounce uh, that we've gotten so far. Thanks, guys or girls, for the reviews. Thanks. So this brings us up to 25 reviews total. Wow. Perfect five stars, I believe. So. Yeah. It's uh, that's really great. Pretty happy about that. <laughs> so, what have you been up to, David? I arrived in Bangkok a little bit more than a week ago, and I'm liking it a lot so far. So, I think I'll be here until at least mid-October, possibly quite a bit longer. So, it's a nice city, and I found this really cool co-working space called The Hive, and that's where I'm recording this from right now. They've got like, they've actually got like five stories, and there's like a restaurant and a rooftop terrace. They also got like a spa built into the co-working space. So it's it's a pretty sweet place. Yeah. And also not that expensive. If any of you is passing through Bangkok, I definitely check that out. We've also um, gotten a voicemail from Joe from Empire Flippers. Let's play that for a second. Guys, Joe Magnotti here from Empire Flippers. Just wondering why you're not on Stitcher. You got to get with it. You have a great podcast. Joe, thanks for your voicemail and great to hear from you. So we followed your suggestion and we've just added WPCast to Stitcher. So we'll include that link in the show notes. Are you using Stitcher, Doug, by the way? I'm not. I'm just using iTunes. This was on the list for a while and we never got around to it. So uh, thanks, Joe, for prompting us to finally do it. <laughs> yeah, thanks. So let's move on to the core where we are talking about um, pricing WordPress products uh, this week. So we've discussed this kind of thing a lot between ourselves, but we also got a, a message on Twitter from Lisa Snyder, Zigorzag, I believe is her username. So we're planning on talking about this topic anyway, but all the more reason to make an episode out of it. Yeah. So we're going to talk about some different strategies for pricing and what we think works and what doesn't work and advantages and disadvantages of different ways, especially... We're going to focus on, on products. So this would be like a theme or plugin. Mm -hmm. So one of the biggest thing you're seeing in the WordPress community is differences in pricing based on is it one time, as in you buy it and you get a lifetime license with lifetime support and lifetime updates, or um, do you get like a license that's usually limited to a period of one year? So one time versus recurring. And of course, to the end user, a license that is you know, good for the entire lifetime is probably going to be much more attractive than something that's limited to just a year. But 
it's not it's not like all that that great either in a lot of ways, as you have also noticed recently, Doug, right? Yeah, so we're getting a shift from one-time fees, which were a lot more common in the early days of premium themes and plugins, to a recurring model or, like David said, a limited support window, in which case you have to renew usually at a discounted price for continuing support and updates. So with a one-time fee, there's a higher upfront cost because the theme or plugin developer isn't going to be getting any more money from that customer for that same product. And they... at least at least usually, I mean, that also depends, but I've seen plenty of $19 plugins with lifetime support and updates, which I just don't think that's going to uh, work out in the long run. Yeah, in a lot of ways, it, it just looks unsustainable because at, at some point, you have to think if sales stop or at least new customers stop, then you could be stuck with, you know, however many customers, maybe you've got 100 customers or 1,000 customers that bought your products and they've all paid you for lifetime support. And then if for some reason you just, you can't sell anymore, nobody wants to buy it, you still have to support these 100 or 1,000 users that bought your product. And it's kind of tough to do right. that. You know, even if you thought you made a good amount of money, you have to basically do work for no money later. Yeah. And it's not uh, an appealing prospect, I think, to a lot of people. Yeah. And what does lifetime even mean? Is it the lifetime of your business or is it the lifetime of yourself or your customer? Like it's, it's a bit unclear as well. But one case of lifetime support and updates, a popular example is Genesis Themes, right? So they are offering a package where for a higher price point, you can basically buy all of their themes and you're going to get like support and updates forever. Yeah. It's the same if you buy individual themes. I'm still surprised that they haven't shifted their business model like everybody else. But, you know, certain companies are big enough where they can still get away with it. So with Genesis, they still get a lot of sales all the time. So new customers are still essentially paying for supporting existing customers. They also, they're part of a bigger company that they're cross-selling. So, yeah, you know, it's not like they're just selling these themes. So they can afford to do that, but at the same time, from a business standpoint, I think if they're not already planning to shift to that, then they should. Right. Because if you pay, say, like $60 uh, for Genesis one time, and then you have uh, support requests for years and years after that, then, you know, people have to handle that. And from their perspective, you know, the $60 is a drop in the bucket, so they're not that concerned. But, you know, if you were an individual or a small company and you were selling themes for $60 and then theme sales stopped or they just slowed down right. and support got worse. Like maybe you didn't code it correctly in the beginning or you haven't been doing the updates and yep. you have to answer all these requests, you know, that can really add up. Yeah. So I, I do have to mention as somebody who is selling plugins. So, so what, what we do at FatCadapps is uh, we sell uh, one year uh, support and updates. But I, I do have to say as a side note that the majority of support requests you get, you know, within like the first whatever, like three days or so of somebody buying the product, yeah. and, you know, maybe just like an immediate issue. So there's a lot of people who, you know, buy your stuff once and they set it up or maybe they even stop using it at some point and they're never going to bother you again. But still, you know, you do get the occasional person who comes back like nine months later and, you know, is having some massive problem or, you know, so you can't really count on that. What we're seeing a lot in the WordPress community is there is a lot of theme and plugin shops shifting or already using the recurring model and usually that's people usually charge for one year so then you get one year of support and updates and after one year 
you'll get like a coupon of like, you know, based on the plugin or theme shop, maybe 25, maybe 30, maybe even like 50% off the renewal. So it's pretty cheap to renew. What I've heard from also talking to other plugin authors is that at least in from the people that I've talked to, um, people are usually seeing like a renewal rate of around like 15 to 20%. So they're definitely not like massively high, yep. but that probably also depends on what you're selling and your target audience. So with products that are not hosted, so like themes and plugins, and you're, if you sell support and updates for one year, then that usually means that people can still use the product after that first year, even if they don't renew their license. Yeah, uh, so you don't want to like go and like disable disable anything. You don't want to do that. I think occasionally there are there might be some plugins that do call back, but in general, you can still use it, but it's kind of at your own risk. If there is a, a new upgrade to the plugin, say for like a new version of WordPress or compatibility with other themes and plugins, after that first year, then you wouldn't get that update anymore. Yeah. And the other approach that you're getting uh, with recurring is, of course, people not necessarily building plugins, but building software as a service solutions that they kind of integrate uh, with WordPress using a plugin. So then you're on a monthly subscription where the majority of the software is hosted on their server and that's what you're paying for. Yeah. And then with those, then in almost every case, I would imagine you can't use it after that one year or whatever is up. Right. If uh, if you stop paying, then it stops you, know, you don't have access to the product anymore. Yeah. And an example of that would be, what's it called? I think there's this one editorial calendar, you know, SaaS thing that integrates with WordPress that's been pretty popular over the last year. Another one would be something like Lead Pages, where they're a landing page platform and you can integrate it with WordPress using a WordPress plugin. But the majority of the functionality, you know, lives on their servers. So there's a bunch of businesses that switched from doing lifetime licenses to the recurring approach of selling licenses and updates support for just a year, right? Yeah. So WooThemes was at least one of the first major players to do it. And they made some mistakes in the way they handled it. From what I know, they grandfathered existing users in, but you had to actually go in and request to be grandfathered in. And the way the way everything was worded, made it sound like all existing users who bought what they thought was lifetime support suddenly weren't getting support anymore or updates. And it made a lot of people mad. And yeah, either it was, it was actually in the original text that you are grandfathered in if you put in a support request or maybe they added in after to appease the angry customers. But the whole thing I think was, it was poorly executed and it made a lot of people either move away from themes or if they were considering it, just not go after it. So that that was a bit of a, a problem. I think other companies learned from from their mistake. Yeah, and one of them, uh, one of those that you mentioned is Cobalt Apps with their dynamic. Yeah. It's a Genesis child theme, right, that, that you're yeah. also a really big fan of. Do you remember how they made that transition? Yes. Yeah, so, so this was pretty recent where they went from one time to recurring. And when they did it, you know, I, I also, I, I mean, I read all of their stuff and I, I'm a fan of the company as well. So they made it very clear that anybody who had already bought it and also anybody who buys it before a specific deadline, I think they gave maybe a couple of weeks to give people like one last chance to buy it for lifetime support. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure they got a nice uptick of sales uh, after doing that. But then they said after that, future customers are going to have to pay for support after one year. And existing customers, you get grandfathered in. There was one thing, though. You had to actually get a license key, which is it's free. And like they have 
you get it from your login and everything like that. But you did have to do that extra step. Like you couldn't just auto upgrade like yeah. it was previously. Basically, the auto upgrade just turned off if you didn't have an active license key in there. So it was a bit, you know, it did take a few minutes to go in and activate the license key, but I actually thought it was a really great thing. I mean, partly because I already had paid for it and I didn't have to pay anymore. Yeah. But knowing that this company has a more sustainable revenue model, similar to Genesis, they're doing well enough that it's not so much of a concern if sales slow down. But knowing that their business model, you know, like they're going to get recurring revenue out of it, it's that much more sustainable and gives me actually more confidence in the company that it's going to stick around longer. Yeah, so that's one of the things we've talked about is that for you as a customer, you're actually, it might feel counterintuitive at first because instead of buying something once, you have to pay for it again and again. But you know that it's a lot less likely that the business is going to disappear and leave some kind of product that stopped working because it's like a new version of WordPress or you know some API breaks. Yeah. So in some ways, you get what you pay for. So there's some businesses that offer both the yearly license and as well a lifetime license. Yeah. One of them is Optin Monster and another one is WordPress Multilingual. And I think with those, it's the case that the lifetime license is significantly more expensive than the yearly license. And for them, it might just be worth it too because they're going to get like a huge cash flow boost upfront to just kind of like take the hit of having to support them for the rest of their lives. But if they are, you know, responsible for like a $350 cash flow boost, that could be really useful right now. It might make business sense for them. Yeah, it's usually like around double to pay for a lifetime versus one year. So if, at, at least with, with uh, the plugins that I've seen that have these options. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, I kind of think if I'm going to use it more than two years, which I think is true with pretty much anything that I'm going to buy, I'm going to yep. expect to use it for a while. Then, you know, I'd actually be paying less money by getting the unlimited deal and knowing that. So maybe after two years, then you, maybe you break even. And then after three years, you're saving money. Right. So I try to go and get the lifetime support yep. option when I can, like while they're still available. I think at least for me, it's a, it's a good deal. And, you know, as long as the company still has the other option that I know a lot of other people, maybe they're like, they're more hesitant, mm-hmm. but they are going to be paying on an ongoing basis. Then that makes me more confident in the business being sustainable. But when I can get the, the lifetime option and it's, it's a reasonable price, then I try to go for that. Yeah. And speaking of sustainability, we do have some examples of companies that build a product for like a one-time fee, which they were going to offer unlimited you know, support and updates. And I think now the product actually broke or something like that, right? So, so yeah. did you buy both of them? So the two examples that come to my mind are Lead Player, which is by uh, LeadBright, company that makes lead pages, and Premise by Copyblogger, which is also the same company that makes Genesis. The interesting thing about these two examples is that the companies behind these products are pretty decent sized. They're not in trouble by any means. In fact, they're both doing really well. So they could, in terms of sustainability, I'm sure that they can actually afford to keep continuing these products. And the products were also good, at least when I used them. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't like they were bad products, or in my opinion, didn't require an intense amount of support and updates. So it's pretty surprising that both of these, they just decided to discontinue support and updates. But it's a bit tough for me when I look at that because when I buy a product, I expect to get support and updates. And if they promise support and updates forever, 
you know, that's part of what I'm buying. And so when a company does that, it kind of makes me lose confidence in it. And that's a big reason why I'm more of a fan of buying products that have a recurring component. Yeah, that, that makes sense. And what happened with uh, Lead Pages is that they, they, they launched this new Lead Pages software as a service product and they just realized how it could probably be 100 or maybe even 1,000 times as big as Lead Player. So they're like, okay, you know, we're just going to focus on our biggest opportunity. But then, of course, yeah. it's like difficult to, you know, in some ways, maybe even difficult to hand off Lead Player to somebody else because now there's like thousands of um, customers that are going to be expecting support and updates, but that have never paid, you know, if somebody new takes it over. So, yeah. so that's an issue as well if you yeah. want to sell it. It's in a similar way with Premise. Uh, they came out with a new product that is also a recurring fee that kind of takes over that functionality, and that's a new Rainmaker. Oh. So instead of, you know, Premise is basically landing page software that probably costs about $100 for a lifetime license, mm -hmm. and then they discontinued it, and now new Rainmaker is $100 a month for one site. Yeah. So big, a big difference, similar with lead pages. I think the company comes out with a new product, much more expensive, and they, in, in a way, they don't want to sell the old one, yeah. which may compete with sales of the new one. Yeah, that makes sense. So I think we've spent enough time talking about uh, recurring versus one time. Let's just really quick talk about other ways to look at pricing, and one of them is features. So what some plugins do, for example, Gravity Forms or opt-in monsters is that based on the pricing tiers you get more features like with gravity forms you get like you know you get like integrations with like mailchimp and zapier and some crms with opt-in monster you get also like more features i think more opt-in types so a similar element to feature pricing is uh, separately purchased add-ons so this would be in reference to marketplaces such as easy digital downloads WooCommerce and Ninja Forms, where you buy the features separately, and you'll pay either a, a one-time fee for that feature, or you may pay for the first year of support. And the core product may actually be free in the case of uh, Ninja Forms or Easy Digital Downloads or WooCommerce, or sometimes the original product is paid. Yeah, I think that's a pretty interesting approach, but I think it only works if you've got something, you know, fairly big that also has like a ton of potential features and use cases. So I don't think it would work very, this approach would probably not work very well for something like, you know, my uh, easy pricing tables. So it's not like a, a big enough um, product, I think. The other factor in pricing is to do it by site licenses. And this is also fairly common where you have to license individual sites and there's just a set number of sites you can license with, depending on which version of the product you buy. Usually there's a single site option, and then depending on the plugin, you may have something like three sites or five sites, ten sites. In some cases, they may go up as high as 50 sites, and then there's an often an unlimited sites option. Yeah, so that's what I'm doing with easy pricing tables. I've got one site, five sites, and unlimited sites. And you actually, Doug, you, you're the one that made me change the biggest plan from, I think it was like 50 sites to unlimited sites. What, what are your thoughts on that? So my thoughts with that one is, you know, for, for someone like me with my business, there's a potential that I may need it for more than 50 sites. And also I don't want to have to license every site individually because it might be easy, but that's that many more clicks that you have to do for every single one. And then you, 
if you stop using it for a site, you may have to delicense or deactivate that license for that site. And that part can get a bit annoying. But, you know, from a, the seller's perspective, I think if you do offer unlimited as opposed to 50, it sounds a lot more appealing to the customer because the customer might think, oh, I can use it on 100 sites or 200 sites and I pay the same amount. And it, in a way, it seems like more value. Now, right. you may never actually use it for that the, many. That, that's the other but, question. Is it even going to be used on 100 sites? That's yeah. the other point there. I think there is a potential liability with unlimited sites similar to like unlimited support for the rest of your lifetime because somebody could theoretically set it up on like, you know, like 100,000 sites and, you know, then there would be a ton of support issues. But uh, I yeah. think that's like a very unlikely scenario and I haven't had yeah. any issues so far. Well, it, it yes and no. Because you're, there's one account, that one person would have to be filing all of those support requests. Right. So if they have it on 100,000 sites, it's yeah. not even if they're using it on client sites, they they still have to put all the support requests through one channel and they're probably not giving that to their clients. Right. So in in my opinion, supporting 50 sites or 100,000 sites is probably about the same amount of work. It it wouldn't be that much more because even even the difference between five sites and 50 sites if somebody has some problems, it would likely be the same things whether they had just a few sites or or a lot. Yeah, well, that makes sense. So last point here is how much to charge. And I think that's a difficult question. I've had people tell me that maybe I should try to charge more. But I think a lot of developers, they tend to like undervalue stuff that they're creating and they're not charging enough. So one piece of advice that a lot of people give is that you should charge more. What are, what are your thoughts on how much to charge? So we had discussed this before about uh, someone we know uh, selling a plugin on Code Canyon, and a lot of the plugins there are priced extremely low. And when you think about the support that you have to do, and then also Code Canyon's cut, it really doesn't leave you with much. We both think the same way, in which you know you shouldn't try to just compete on price. Yeah, and that it's just a losing battle. Instead, you know you have to price based on you know quality, assuming that you are building a quality theme or plugin. And you have to think about the support that you will have to do for those customers, but you also you can't price too high because then you may not get enough customers. So it is, you know, for a given theme or plugin, it's very hard to say what what a good price is, but I would say for for themes, it's very rare that you would ever see a theme above $100. Yeah. At at least like an individual theme, like if you were to buy like a collection of themes right. or a framework with a bunch of child themes and that that's a different story. What do you think is um, a good minimum price as a rule of thumb for themes? For a theme, I would say at least $40, okay. but preferably more than that. So with plugins, um, I would say, so I'm charging 29 for the single site license of easy pricing tables. That is quite a bit more than a lot of the competitors on Code Canyon, but I think I've got a pretty good product and that's working so far. But I don't think I would ever consider charging less than $29 for any WordPress plugins. I think there's just too much potential hassle with support and all those things. Yeah, if, if you think about just getting one support request from a customer, especially if it's a big request that can eat away a chunk of your profit, Okay, so let's move on to the tips and tricks section. What do you have for us this week, Doug? One site that I'm subscribed to uh, is called AppSumo. And some of you may have heard of this. You get on their mailing list and they send you deals for digital products. And I've gotten a lot of discounts for WordPress-related 
services and, and products from here. Like, for example, Velocity Page, when that came out, they did a big launch on AppSumo. So I got that for a pretty good discount. And, you know, it's free if, you know, if you don't mind getting a little bit of mailing list spam. I think it's worth it, especially if if you do buy premium products, you may find some new ones. And there may be things that you've actually been planning to buy. And, you know, getting that coupon for 30% or 50% off can save you a whole bunch of money. Nice. Yeah, I'm on their mailing list as well, or at least I used to be. But there, there's definitely some good stuff on there. So my tip for the week is Mailbox for Mac, which, which you can find at mailboxapp.com. I think they've had an iPhone version for a really long time, but it's just like a really nice email client. I'm probably still going to keep using Gmail because I'm just like, so I've got like this very specific workflow using like Gmail keyboard shortcuts and I'm using like the send plus archive, you know, button by default. So everything is being archived. So I'm I'm using a couple of um, Google Labs features. And so my workflow is very specific, but I think for like the average user, like Mailbox for Mac is probably going to be a much nice user experience. It's a really nice app. That's it for this week's episode. You can leave a comment or voicemail and find the show notes with links at wpcast.fm slash pricing. If you like this episode, you can leave us a review on iTunes. Thanks for listening.